Hey guys, welcome to the Average Fans Podcast. This is a podcast by three friends who were sitting idle one day and thought that we could give our average opinions on the wonderful plays that happened in the NBA. This podcast will have everything related to NBA, the trades, the games, the highlights, the the disses, the fights, everything in this particular podcast. This, uh, this podcast will be uh, an ongoing podcast. You'll have multiple episodes in this podcast series. So we'll be covering all the games and then we'll probably have some videos on this channel as well. So just make sure that you're subscribing to the channel. Make sure that you like the videos and make sure that you're turning on the bell notification so that you get the first notification for all our uploads. You can also comment down below about what you think about the channel. How can we improve upon the channel since it's the very first podcast. You can also tell us what do you think about our views. What do you think about the games and what more do you want to see on this channel. And we'll be happy to address that. So with me, I have Rudran Shonak and Angad Arora who would be the co-hosts for this particular podcast. And in this particular podcast, we'll be reviewing the games that happened in the last night. Let's start with the very last game of the night, which is Lakers versus Grizzlies. What a game, guys. What a game. I mean, Lakers dominating in the first half. Uh, Jamuran putting the last points, last 20-odd points for uh, the Grizzlies in the whole uh, in the whole match. And then uh, that groin punch for LeBron. It was too much happening in that game. So what's your take on the game? I think it was a beautiful game. I think uh, all of us Lakers fans were really cheering on for the game three. After game two, it was a really disappointing show by Anthony Davis. Uh, we were really, Lakers were really killed in the paint uh, on in game two, and I think there there were a lot of sharp opinions afterward. Dylan Brooks going into LeBron's face, trash talking. He said, "I do not respect you until you put up forty points. Twenty eight points is nothing to me." He said that, and this is good. I want to play against prime LeBron. This old LeBron is not good for me. I want prime LeBron. I want to guard prime Miami LeBron. And then, you know, LeBron coming in nonchalantly giving us 25-9-6. and six. I think it was a very easy game for him. He did not have to go into overdrive mode. We did not see a 2018 LeBron game. But at the same point in time, it was enough to really get away with the Grizzlies. I think they were really killing them in the paint. I think not only was their offense bad tonight, Memphis Grizzlies offense, but Lakers was... Laker were targeting their players. I think Triple J had two fouls early on in this game, and both Le- both LeBron and AD are very smart players. They understand that okay, this is a player that has foul trouble. Now we're going to target him throughout the pick and rolls, throughout in the paint, and they knew the weaknesses. They knew uh, not, not only the weaknesses, but I saw that graphic too. Right, it's been more than three seventy days since the last uh, home playoff game for. Lakers and you could see it in the crowd. You could see it that the Lakers fans and the Lakers players really wanted it. I think Rudraj and Rudraj was there with me play by play as we were watching this game. And Rudraj, you had a couple of things to say about this game, right? Oh yeah, this 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 was like obviously the best game of the night for sure. And like like Sridhar said, so much happening, so much. Uh, you expected the antics from Dylan Brooks, but. Uh, I, I I watched LeBron go up to him pre-game and say something to him and he already gave, gave him some sort of a warning or something and he was like, watch out for this. But I love the fact that uh, LeBron did not engage in that 40-point conversation. He didn't address the media about it. He didn't try to like shoot the Lakers out of the game, just, just trying to prove a point because he already knows he's up there with the best of the best 
and he's one of the best players to ever play the game and he does not need to engage with the likes of Darren Brooks. So overall, an amazing game, holding the Grizzlies to just nine points in the first quarter. The art was amazing to see. Lakers were having like second chance opportunities, both with the offensive rebounds and they had like really good fast break because of their amazing defense. I saw one possession where like first I think Vanderbilt blocked somebody and then uh, AD blocked somebody and then AR15 had a deflection in this in the same possession back to back to back so it was amazing defense to begin with and they just jumped on the Grizzlies and they never gave them a chance to get back in the game and I think for me it was the defense and additionally like you said LeBron quietly gave that good game even though he did not have that statement 40 point game but Right from the beginning, wow. they had a very quick start. The Lakers played fast today. And they didn't let the Grizzlies have a set defense. And due to that, JJJ was in a like foul trouble early in the game. And they had to sit him in the second quarter. And uh, yeah, for the most part of the game, the Grizzlies had no offense other than Jamarant. Jamarant was carrying them. And he had his 40-point game. So like, he had his numbers, but it was still like... It was never a really a game game because the Lakers were always in control. I mean, it was wonderful to see how Lakers were completely in control. Like Rudad said, I mean, they were not panicking at all, right? They they knew from the start that it was their game because if you see the if you if you saw the game, it was beautiful. And uh, in the starting, it was LeBron who was firing from the paint and making sure that he's putting on the boys with putting in the dunks and uh, making sure that he's getting majority of the points. If you see the second half. We saw AD come up and uh, converting LeBron's layups and uh, putting them in. And also, we saw AD take two, three-pointer shots and uh, making one of them. And it, it it was just a statement to see that Lakers were completely in control and they got a lot of space and they utilized the space a lot more. I mean, AD getting two completely open threes, which was uh, very nice. And that other players also contributing in Rui Hachimura scoring a, a, a couple of points and uh, not, not a couple of points, great amount of points. Austin Reeves and... Uh, uh, other players as well chipping in, which may which which showed that LeBron and AD and the Lakers were completely in control of the game. They did not think that it was going anywhere. I mean, it was also a testament that the Grizzlies could not probably score as much. I mean, the Grizzlies never looked in control except John Moran putting up 20-22 points in a row for the Grizzlies in the last quarter. And I, I think so that is a, that is to show that only Ja who, who had the grit to probably go and score in that particular game and was able to score uh, that particular game. That's that's just a testament of, of how good the Lakers defense was in the game as well. For sure. I think that uh, even in one of our bloopers, uh, I was talking to Srijan and uh, we were trying to figure out who was Srijan's favorite player and Srijan pointed out that it was no longer Austin Reeves but rather Rui Hachimura. You know, there's still a lot to be had from some of these Lakers players. I think D'Lo was really trying to uh, you know, uh, for, uh, forced some shots up. He was not having the best day of his night. I think JV, JV had a brilliant game defensively and uh, through the glass, but not really an offensive weapon at all. Oh man, did you watch that block? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that was a crazy block. Yeah, so, uh, who was that on? I think it was, that was a, like John Gonshaw. Seven foot block. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that that was crazy. That was like a who was that? Uh, that was that was a block like um who's the big puffy guy? 
the number one pick? Zion. Zion. That Zion was like a Zion kind of a block. Yeah, JV and AD both had two steals each, three blocks each. LeBron had a couple of steals. I think defensively they were in focus, but uh, Rui, Rui coming in 60% from the field, 100% from three. Uh, I saw a stat that he is still uh, uh, over uh, over three playoff series uh, with at least the 50 uh, plus uh, three pointers attempted. He has the highest field goal percentage over three, which is like 67 or 70 percent. I think after this game, which is insane. But even through Austin Reeves' slow games, he was not driving as much. There were a lot of dump off kick uh, drive and kick passes to Reeves to Malik Beasley. They still managed. I I mean, did not need those points. They were able to control the Grizzlies and on the Grizzlies side I think it, it was really a testament to how they can't create anything in the open court so after I think first quarter Desmond Bain was really really struggling Jalen Jackson already had those fouls he was not looking for anything in the paint right and then after that Ja was really battling in and he got a lot of foul calls some of them maybe a bit over the roof I didn't think they were really foul calls but he did get them but the ma- the game the man of the match for the Grizzlies was for sure uh, not in the good side but Dylan Brooks he was trying to shoot them out he was trying to shoot them off the court for sure. <laughs> he was three for thirteen ended up getting ejected um, got that uh, flagrant two um, we were just talking about these things right Raymond Green obviously got a flagrant two a couple of games back and so did uh, so did uh, what do you call it? Joel Embiid almost got a flagrant two and Harden got a flagrant two. Nicholas Laxton got ejected. We've had a lot of problems over these two games with suspension. Do you think that this was a fa- uh, fair call? And do you think that there is a suspension deeming for Dylan Brooks for the next year? Oh, yeah. I think so. If if we're thinking about things like if, if it's supposed to be called evenly, then for sure. Like if uh, Dylan Brooks matches every kind of category that Raymond does, right? He's even got the history to back back things up. Now now they would not have any other excuse to not e- give him a suspension. And there was clear intention. There was, it was worse according to me because you went to the private region. Like there was not even a basketball player. There was with with Draymond at least he was being held. But with him there is no excuse, right? And he's done that over and over again. He's injured players in the past. He's done this on purpose over the years. So I think he deserves the suspension. I think so. The NBA should have some uh, rules regarding the flagrant fouls and regarding suspensions about how many times can a player get the suspension in a season, probably, or in a in a in a playoff series as well. Because I don't think so. Uh, that that's something that exists at the moment. Because uh, I mean, if if a player is committing a flagrant foul again and again, there should be a mechanism wherein the player probably gets uh, uh, benched for a couple uh, for a series. For example, or would not be allowed to play half a season if it is happening time and time again. If you've seen for the future, because it will be very dangerous for the players, and that is not what NBA needs to show its viewers as well, since it's trying to expand its expand its viewership. I think so. That's that's something not not, not fair. Like the, the the foul that happened today does not have did not have to do anything. It's just that it was him against LeBron, and he just uh, gave it away. And I think so. Yes, the uh, suspension is something that needs to come up. I think especially after the NBA sets a precedent with the Draymond Green foul, I think after that 76ers-Nets game, I think there was a lot to be desired, especially in this. Um, there have been some calls that have gone here or there, but this one, I think since the NBA has set a precedent, um, it's going to be looked upon more uh, clearly now. Uh, Jar battling towards... But like, yeah, sorry. 
just quickly getting back to the game, like obviously that had nothing to do with the game, and I I don't really even like that player because he's more so about the trash talk. It's just about this annoying character that he tries to portray and he tries to be the villain, but he clearly doesn't have the game to back it up. I mean, some people see it, but personally, I don't see his game good enough to be having as much of the talk as he does. But anyways, like, to reiterate, like, LeBron really set the tone in the very beginning. That was a masterclass from him. He set the tone, he set the pace for the Lakers and for the game, which set the Lakers up. And, and as we saw, like, they had that crazy 33-9 to run in the first quarter and just never looked back from there. And uh, also the AD point. Yeah, AD was really dominant in the second half, especially in that third quarter and, and down the stretch as well. And that allowed the Lakers to sit LeBron and they didn't really have to play him that much. Which bodes well since like I looked at him at in, in a few possessions that he was in the game and he looked really tired at defense and he didn't really want to exert that much effort, which is expected at his age. Uh, uh, how much of effort he's trying to give at both ends. I think that's that bodes well for him, for the Lakers as well, because one thing that you cannot like outmatch him on is his IQ, I think, which has been really handy, and that is that is what set the tone for them. So I think LeBron responded really well to a lot of chaos and noise, uh, not trying to be the hero uh, just like by trying to score because I I think he knows at this point that won't help his team. So I think that was a very well-rounded game by the, all the Lakers. And like you said, Rui contributing again, almost had another 20-point game. So all over, they played really well. There was amazing defense to begin with. They did cool off a little bit on the defensive end, but they made up for it in the offense. And for the first time in this series, I think AD looked dominant. For sure. uh, and JJJ was like helpless. So that's that's the AD that won them that championship in 2020. Sure. So this might be the good looks for Lakers, I think. Shrijin, um, also, AR getting those offensive rebounds was very, very nice at that point. Moment, I mean, AD and, uh, AD and AR both were contributing to the offensive rebounds as well. And AD getting all those rebounds, you also get got 10 plus uh, defensive rebounds as well. I mean, that was that completely helped Lakers seal the game as well. Yeah, like AD had a double-double by the halftime. So right. he, he already had a good game by then, but then he had had an offensive burst in the, in the third and the fourth. So that helped the Lakers just ride out that jammer and wave of points. So yeah, I think the Lakers played really well. And if they continue, they could honestly finish the series in five, but they have to play like this, which has been their Achilles heel For recently. Sure. Like, they play one good game and then they really let go on the next one. Like we saw in game two, they didn't go up for that game. They didn't have that effort. They felt like they had stolen one game and that, that's what they needed to do and they were done. Just from Rudran's uh, point, Shridhar, uh, what do you think? Like, Lakers uh, stole home court away from them. Second game, they looked really tired. They looked gassed out. Um, later on in the series, now it's going to be day by day. It's not going to be a two-day break for Lakers. How do you feel the the series is going to suggest? Uh, what what area do you think the Lakers need to improve, and what do you think is going to be the series prediction for you? I think the series prediction for me will be Lakers in six, 
uh, I was first after the first game I was like Lakers will win it easily in four or five, but I think so in the second game, like Rodriguez said, they gave it away and they did not have the data. But I also understand that it becomes tiring for these players to play off and uh, play time and time again, give their hundred percent. But I think so what Lakers needs to really do is control the momentum like they did in this game, right? And expect a lot of uh, they, so they are getting the contributions, not just AD and LeBron carrying the carrying the squad, right? They're getting small contributions, making sure that those 15 points contribution turn to 20 point contribution, that those 17 points contribution, that to 23 points contribution. Uh, I think so that those things will help them move in the future because this was a very bad game for Grizzlies, right? But Grizzlies won't be this bad uh, in the next game probably. This game, they did not even uh, come close to uh, Lakers. Like, Lakers were in control because of their good things, but also the Memphis Grizzlies were not on point in, in this particular game. They were not doing their best. Uh, testament to the fact the Jean-Marat burst that happened in the uh, in the end game. So in that case, I think so. LeBron, uh, the the Lakers need to push forward. I think so. It's it, the, the the best part about them is that they still got some home games, and I think so. The home games will help them get the confidence. And the the Lakers fans were crazy today, crazy, right? And uh, it, even if it was, even it was the if if that was the game, right? So in that case, I think so. Lakers can. Uh, continue this and then hopefully win the series in six yeah um and to your point on d'angelo having a rough game i think he had a relatively really good game as compared to the first two games he was he didn't have the best shooting night probably and like you said he was forcing up some shots but other than that i think he had really good assists he had a really good floor game for uh as compared to the last two games i think he played really well, and I think it was an overall really good effort by all of the Lakers. Uh, like defensively, offensively, they just they handled the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies just looked distracted and just really I don't know where they were, except for Jamarant who was playing with a broken hand, and and for him he made like four of six on threes, which you do not expect. Like he was shooting like really rough from within the arc while he was going off from beyond the arc yeah for sure i so i i, I uh, i'm going to be the oh sorry Rizal, your serious prediction my serious prediction i think it goes seven. Oh wow i think it goes seven because uh i think lakers have dropped games before and i think they they might do that again and i expect the grizzlies to i expect grizzlies to fight back so i i think it it might still go seven Considering that the Lakers are really old and like like Sergeant suggested, they might not be up for back to back games and but uh, I I never really wanna bet against LeBron in a series unless I have to. So I, I go I go Lakers in seven. I'm gonna split a part of LeBron is different. Yeah. Playoff Leo LeBron Pro is different. Leo Braun surely is different, but I'm splitting apart from you. I'm saying the series is over. Lakers in five, in the wise words of what <laughs> Shane and Shah used to say. You can have a Murray, you can have a Curry, or a McFlurry. Lakers in five. I'm saying this <laughs> right now. And talking about forcing shots from D'Angelo Russell, let's go on to the game two, which was a snooze thrust in my opinion. One of the more boring series. <laughs> but I did not think it would end so quickly. We're talking about uh, 76ers and Nets. Four game series. Game four, no Embiid. Um, a lot of antics in the game. Uh, game three had a couple of flagrant twos. Had a ejection from uh, for uh, for two technical fou fouls from Nicholas Flaxton. 
a lot going on in this series. Rudash, what was your takeaway from this sweep? Uh, honestly, I think the Nets didn't have enough talent. They didn't have enough time to gel. They didn't have any chemistry. They didn't have any offense. Uh, and I I think they lacked size. Plus, I think I did, I did, I I felt like they didn't have enough effort because if like Melton is getting offensive rebounds, multiple offensive rebounds, then I think you're doing something wrong because he's he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have that advantage. So obviously, there's an effort effort disadvantage to the to the Nets. I think and to the offense point, I think. The coach just went to Mikel and said, "Just win us games." Well, sure. And I think he came up short. So I think they didn't have any offense. Uh, they weren't running any set plays that I could see. At least down the stretch, they had nothing. nothing. They were just putting up shots yeah. over and over again, and they couldn't rebound for anything. So uh, the Philadelphia 76ers had handled their business. They did what they were supposed to do. They swept them. Good for them. Because like Embiid was already injured, but there is still cause for concern if they face Celtics. Uh, Embiid needs to be ready game one. I think if he misses even one game, the Celtics might pounce and the series might be over before Embiid can even come back. I think so. They'll have their own time since they've won it in four games. They'll have a lot of time to chill back, sit back, and uh, look at how they want to proceed with the Celtics game because Celtics has been dominant uh, throughout the season, right? Uh, no, I mean, I think so. Uh, I believe that they would be dominant in the next game as well. Uh, just like Rudran said, they could be just over for if if MB does not come uh to their to its best rescue. But talking about the game, I think so. In the end, uh, if you if you see the two teams, uh, Brooklyn Nets was definitely the weaker on the side because we did not have enough offensive reproduction for the team. Only four players are putting in double digits points per game, and then uh, compared to four uh or putting 20-plus games in uh, Philly Sixers, right? And uh, 76ers, right? And then that is, I think, so it shows, uh, that stat line shows that what kind of offensive uh, reproduction uh, production was there from Brooklyn Nets and uh, the the Philadelphia 76ers, right? Uh, but apart, talking about the game, I was watching the game, it was the slowest fest. Uh, it was not good at all because in the end, you could see uh, the Nets struggling a lot wherein they were giving up open places to the passes. I mean, they were passing on open shots. I don't know what they were trying to do. They were trying to create a lot of plays, but they could not create a lot of plays. They it was just like it was like to that you should shoot or you should shoot or you should shoot. I don't want to shoot. I don't want to score points. And that that that, that was what uh, Brooklyn Nets were basically doing: not trying to score points, not even trying to get in the game, and uh, just giving away the whole game. It was uh, pretty pretty torturous to watch. To be very honest, in the last game, in the last few. Actually, just supporting that Brooklyn Nets jersey too. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, Cancun and four. <laughs> Cancun and four. I think the problem uh, with the team is that down the stretch they they weren't able to run their plays, and when it was part of isolation, they do not have an isolation scorer. I think Mikhail Bridges put all he had in his tank for the regular season. I think playoffs him wasn't the best, and game four not at all. He was chucking up shots. He was there was a lot to be desired from it. I think there's a lot to say when Spencer Dinwiddie is the best player on the team for you over a over a playoff match, especially a win a win or go home match, right? I think they, what they need, there's a lot to be desired from this team. I think they need someone who can get Nicholas Claxton some open shots, get someone who's running some PNR, and especially uh, it's not going to be Dinwiddie, especially after that dig from Kyle Kuzma, that six feet rant 
over the crypto king and how he is then shitty and all. But the problem for the net was, like Rudranshin pointed it out, size, right? You know, B-Ball Paul, who is a backup center, I know that a lot of 76ers fans really like him, but you're letting him get 15 boards, you're getting, letting get, uh, Tobias Harris get a double-double, he scored 25 points. And most of his... Tobias was having all, all he all he could eat in the in the paint. Yeah. Like there was no defense, yeah, he, there was no offense, there was he nothing. He was getting his fadeaway shots. He was getting to his points. He had a couple of deep hooks where I was like, okay, <laughs> like this guy had it was in his bag tonight. He was going off, and there was no one stopping him. And I couldn't understand. Like if you have your best defender in Bridges, who is guarding Harden, who was not having the best night offensively. He was not driving. He was not taking his. Peyton step back threes. I think you should have switched it there. And I think Jack Vaughn was really outclassed by Doc Rivers, who has been a target for a lot of playoff series now. The person with the most 3-1 loan leads, as well as the most 2-0 loan leads. I think Doc Rivers put it in. I think there was a tweet where he said that, you know, uh, stop playing with your meat and just get it over with. And that's when the 76ers went on that run and they completely demolished the net. So, uh, after this, uh, another thing, I think... uh, Harden, uh, I mean, I would like to know your opinion on it. Like, Hard, I I watched Harden go to the rack and just not be able to finish within, like, with contact or with, like, multiple players down there. Do you think Harden is taking another step, like, back? And this probably is the best chance they have with him to win? So, I think a couple of weeks back, there was a Shams report where they said that Harden is facing some more hamstring injury than some issues. But... As you said, like Harden has been, I, I saw the graphic that Harden was uh, averaging eight free throw attempts every playoff series he's played before this, and he did not get to the free throw line once in the third game. So it's a lot to show. Now, he was really stepping uh, stepping back and hitting those slush threes in game one. Game two, they somehow managed to scrape by. So it was good on him. But if they're, they're going to face the Boston Celtics next round, or if they're going to face the Bucks the round after that, I think they really need something or the other because this Harden is nowhere near. I think Marcus Mark or Derek White is shutting them off completely. I think you're completely right on this point. I think Harden needs to get back some some type of offense back. He's been really nice playmaking wise, but he needs to be an offensive. Oh, yeah. He needs to be an offensive threat. I think he is the third option right now behind Tiny Smaxi, and he needs to step his game up. Yeah, I think. Tyrese has that quickness advantage on him at this point of his career. And um, I think Harden used to be really crafty with his fouls and his, like, uh, floater game and stuff like that. But lately, he's he's not even had that. But quickly to another point from the Nets or the Brooklyn side, I'd say, do you reckon they should have played Cam Thomas? Because, like, uh, if you remember, like, just after the trade, uh, Cam was going off. He was popping off and then they just stopped playing him. So the problem, I think Cam Thomas... Uh, so, once again, the this was said that Cam Thomas was actually drafted by Kevin Durant because he wanted him on his team. And Cam Thomas can get you buckets. If there's one thing that kid can do, he can get you buckets for sure. But at the same point, I think what they want, what Jaguan wanted in that offense was... I, I don't know. He wanted to run in the place. He did not want to go through a single isolation player. And at the same point in time, down the stretch, he was relying on Spencer Dinwiddie and exactly. And they were not hitting at all. I think Cam Thomas could have been a spark off the bench at the niche and give them something or the other. And at the very niche, it's about him getting some minutes because if he is the part of the court, 
he needs some minutes at the in the playoffs and big games, right? So someone like Austin, I mean, in the yeah. previous series, he's getting a lot of big time minutes right now, and in a in a round, yeah. in a uh, year or two, he's someone who could be a not a grizzled veteran, but he could be a playoff player. He knows how to play the game properly. And Cam Thomas is lacking all these minutes for sure. Oh, definitely. And and like, I mean, to me, what did they even have to lose? Like, they were losing either way. They were going to go home. They could have given him a try at least. Like, they could have gave the Sixers a different look. But that just didn't happen. But yeah, overall, the series was really boring to me. Like, a big snooze fest. No real fight from the Nets. And they were just outmatched, outclassed, like, outscaled at this point. Right, talking about outclassing, outperforming, let's move to the next game, which is Suns versus Clippers, wherein the Suns were, uh, the, wherein uh, KD was outclassed in the first and second game by Russell Westbrook, wherein he put in the uh, in the defensive uh, thing forward, and the, this game was uh, pretty boring, but a lot of things happening, uh, Clippers playing without PG and without Kawhi. How was the game for you guys? I, I think the problem was that even though the box uh, this box score would suggest that this game was neck and neck, I don't think uh, Clippers had any chance after the halftime. I think Westbrook really tried his hardest. I mean, he was going out that he wanted to show the world. He wanted to show Kevin Durant that he is still the man. And he did that. I, I mean, he was shooting 50% from three. He was like 17 for 29 from the field. And he was having a terrific game. But... You know, early on, you saw Norman Powell pick up the two fouls, and after that, it, it was just him being targeted again and again. It was like KD and Devin Booker, as much as I do not like those people, they are smart individuals. They know how to attack the defense, and at the most, attack people who are vulnerable. Norman Powell has a foot between him and Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant can just shoot <laughs> over him at any point. And I know that these people have elite bucket getters, and they can create their own shots, but they can create each other's shots as well. They've been averaging like 12 plus assists throughout the series, throughout the four games. And it really shows that, you know, Kevin Durant, when when I saw the first game, I was like, you know, he's 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 playing good. He's got his box code, but he is not playing in the flow of the offense. There was a lot to be desired. I think Monty Williams was trying to get him into the matchup and he was trying to play within the offense, but he was just sticking out because he didn't know the plays or there was some problem or the other. But now I think Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant and Suns are a serious title contender, or at least someone who can really cause harm to any team right now. As much as I hate to say it, because I do not like the antics of Devin Booker right now, and I think Rudnar should definitely agree with me on this. I think that, yeah, I definitely hate the Suns, uh, big time. Like, I think after the Grizzlies, that that's the team I hate the most. Wow. So, yeah, I do not want to seem like a hater. Like, I don't hate on all teams, but those are those are my two favorite to hate on. But, yeah, um, I think I diagnosed the game very differently. I, I think the Clippers had a very real chance. And, like, if, if they had their one or two punch, I think this would have been a really different series. And considering how everybody posed the Suns to be so much leaps and bounds ahead of the league, and like with their big three, they were supposed to be the ones th- that would just outmatch everyone on the box. But uh, it it was proved otherwise. I think Clippers fought even today. Uh, last game it was Powell going crazy. This game, uh, like Westbrook has played all four games really beautifully. 
other than that first game of him like shooting really poorly i think i think he had a amazing amazing game even this one uh and i i think uh yeah the clippers clippers played really well and and they fought i mean they came up short obviously because they were missing their like two two main guys right they were missing their one and two punch so like and cp3 iced that game so you, you don't expect to, him to shoot that well from beyond the arc and yet he did so you could be your cap to them obviously they played well that that played a part in 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 the clippers losing it was it, it wasn't so much disappointing as the net series wherein they sort of collapsed in on themselves wherein in this the suns sort of had to beat them instead of the clippers just folding uh, i think the clippers really tried and uh, they might still have a chance to extend the series a little bit if either kawai or pg can play but i think that is really unlikely because i just read a report that um the timetable for kawai is uh there is no timetable so he might not return even yeah. even in like that really, su- that really sucks because you know uh game one uh while i was watching game one with kawai i thought the role players were doing their part really well i saw zubak really kill the blast he was getting like 16 17 boards other games since game three he has been really slow i think kawai really put him with all those pick and rolls you know attacking he was getting those offensive rebounds he, he was getting the ball a lot more i think russell westbrook yeah he was getting the role as well yeah because like they were doubling kawai or like hedging so he was getting that role as well so he was getting that rim rock he was getting those touches and he was also good on those passes i think out of that short roll so yeah to your point i think i agree uh they were playing really well and if even kawai had played throughout i think this would have been a really different series at least six games at least six or seven games like at, at the most i think it's a Houston 2019 uh, 2020 problem right where you have to trade clean capella to let russell westbrook ladish and let russell westbrook get to the rim right you have to space it out and having to space it out you can't play zubak because zubak is uh, nothing from anywhere outside five feet from the basket right And anyway from 5 feet he's not getting a shot up he's not even making the defense get a hand up so that's the biggest problem and a few things that i saw with the suns a lot of bad body uh, body uh, behavior with deandre then not happy with his touches at point of times not happy with chris paul with all that said and the problem with the bench i think the bench got like 10 points Even though Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, yeah, uh, they thirty. I agree. Points. Uh, they they had to really play their like just just starters the almost the whole time to sustain that offense and that defense in 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 order to just uh maintain those leads. And they saw that ev- that was really evident just in the first game. Their bench battle was nowhere nowhere near the Clippers. The bench, I think. uh in trading for kd i think they are a very light team they don't have that bench uh they don't have that depth which might come to bite them back in in later series with a with a tougher opponent with a more whole opponent than like a clip uh clippers team which is without pg and kawai so i think that might be an issue later on and i think with deandre uh, do you think this might bubble over into a bigger Quite thing because if you remember uh if you remember he left game 7 to not return and uh 
he had a big spat with with his coach Morning and there was a whole thing and, and yeah and his offer sheet was matched by the Pacers 112 for 4 so i mean there's a lot to see from the Suns team we could see Dion Brown can be traded for minor pieces i think busy as bad as he has been on offense he's been holdable on defense and that's just what you want when you have Dan Booker and Kevin Durant right so Shitting, I wanted to ask you this, right? Suns uh, obviously lost home court at first, but then went on a three-game win streak, right? They have home court right now. They have game five at home. Kawhi and PG look questionable at best. What do you think is the outcome of the series? I think so. It's not. It shouldn't be a problem. It should be a smooth sail for uh, the Phoenix Suns. I think so. They have been producing well offensively. I think so. The team is also working uh, okay in their uh, department because CB3 is not particularly pulling off a lot of points, but is giving uh, averaging nine uh, assists a game, which is, I think, so good for them because it is giving the other two a lot of um, a space to make the shots and everyone is not going at the bucket, right? Which makes it very easy for the other two, which are possibly one of the greatest scorers in the game right now. And I think so that that, that is working for them. Uh, not having Kawhi, not having, uh, uh, not having Kawhi, not having PG, I think so. It is going to be over in the next game. It would be a 4-1 game in five. Uh, that's what I, that's what I'm uh, predicting. I think so. It's not surprising for anyone. It's not uh, controversial. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment. I think without PG and Kawhi, I mean, they might they not win another game. They need a defensive yeah. production like they've never seen before to go up, possibly get into the <laughs> game, and that it's just Zubak and uh, Russell Westbrook trying to score the points. I think so. That should that wouldn't be enough for them. Uh, if uh, you and Russell Westbrook is also not averaging triple doubles uh, a game, and he's not at the he's playing good, but he's not at the MVP caliber that he used to be in the past. And I I don't think so that should that he would be able to just carry them home and bring them another game. I think so. It's the series is pretty much over. The next game would be just be a formality for the two. It's just that we have to see that how do Suns optimize the next game so that they get they are ready to take on the Nuggets. Uh, which will probably thrash them if they're not uh, at their at their and Nuggets have been absolutely wonderful in the regular season, making the first uh, uh, first seed. And I think so. Then the Joker might come into the picture as well, and then uh, it's a lot of things that they have to see. But yeah, in five games for sure. Uh, I I quickly wanted to touch up on 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 Booker being playing defense and being so locked in. I've never seen Booker so locked in. Uh, especially on the defensive end, because we all know he can he can be an offensive threat. He, we've seen that with the from ranging from the seventy point game to like all the playoffs that he's played in so far. Um, but to see him so defensively engaged, flying around for like defensive rebounds, offensive rebounds, just uh, deflections, steals. He he's even like having blocks and stuff. So I he's he's been a menace on defense. I have never really seen a more focused poker and I I don't think I've ever seen him play so well and not trash talk. So I think he's really locked in this year. For sure. Diving for loose balls, trying to get those steals. He was in Westbrook's face the entire game. Um, so Rudrash, you know, for a 4-1 sweep as well? I think so, yeah. Wow, you guys are gen Because especially with the... With the with the news that Kawhi won't be able, to, there's no timetable for Kawhi, and I don't really see PG coming up for this series to try and save this. And even if he does, I I don't know what kind of shape he is in to try to battle Kevin Durant and and the locked in Booker and and a CP3 who is hitting from from deep. So it's it's a tough matchup. Well, I'm going to be spicy here. I think 
the series goes to seven. I think Sanzar is going to win this one. I think Westbrook gets you a game. I think Kawhi is going to be back by game six at the most. I think they're going to Both. try and get that home court. If Hallelujah. it gets to game yeah. six. Amen, brother. If it gets to game look, six. Yeah, look, Nippers have this fair share of 3-1 losses. And I'm looking forward to for a 3-1 win. But I think that they can get it to game seven. And what's important is that if the Phoenix Suns I don't I don't even know if it's gonna be easier for them to have a game seven so they have another game between the belt of these four people, their top four, or do they want some rest before they go against the juggernaut number one seed right now? Because that match is gonna be over uh, in a couple I, of games. I would I would really argue that you never want to be in a game seven, no matter who you are. Uh, and especially for a team that has Two of their three big stars, uh, as old as they are, I don't think they want to go down into a seven-game series because with CP3, you've known how injury-prone he can be in long series. So you really want to preserve him. And with Durant coming off of big injuries, you really don't want to see a game seven. And regardless, I don't think you ever want to be in a game seven because it's just a one-game one thing. And, and that's, a lot that's can just change what the Suns game. did last season too as well. Exactly, and and the Clippers have done their own thing with the three-one loss. So it it would be a, a really crazy fight between the two if it goes to that, which I really do want. But I don't think I don't. I see mean, it every happening. every fan is hoping for that. Every fan is for hoping for an LA derby for the for the uh, championship. Probably just not the Suns uh, no, fans. Just not the Suns fan, but like everyone loves to come back. But I don't think so that comeback is coming. To be very honest, it's very very hard for them. Even if PG comes in the next game, he pulls off another game, then Kawhi probably is questionable for Game 6 as well. Right? Even if he comes back, then if if it goes to Game 7, I think so, then then Clippers have a very good chance of winning it. Because in one-game wonders, I, I mean, it's it's not about who was the better team the whole season or who played the best game. It's about what exactly. happens in the game and anything can happen in the game, right? It could be one quarter... Just like, I, I, just like I, I don't think you ever want to be in a plane game. I don't think you ever want to That's be right. in a game seven because it's just a one game oh, thing. Sure. So energies, momentums, all the like, advantage. Even if 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 this series goes to game seven, all the pressure is on the Suns. The Clippers would be playing with house money because they were down three one. They were down two of their stars. How does it matter to them? It's 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 the series is for the Suns to lose at this point. So. If it goes to Game 7, I'm picking the Clippers. For sure. I think talking about comebacks is the next game, see, uh, next playoff series. And there are a lot of comebacks here. There needs to be a Giannis comeback, but there has been a huge comeback. Uh, steady in the ship, Jimmy Butler, Game 4, Game 3, winning by over 20 points without a Giannis, by, without a Giannis-led box. But at the same point in time, they had a lot of help. What, talk to me about the series, shouldn't I mean, it was a very well-rounded match. It's something that we were expecting from Heat, especially not having Giannis around and uh, much expected st- stuff from uh, Heat, to be very honest. It was a team effort all around. Kyle, uh, Celeb, Max, Duncan, all contributing to the same. Held them for under 100. Nord of L. I mean, I didn't think so there's enough offense from Giannis' side, uh, but from the, the Milwaukee Bucks side without Giannis. I mean, Giannis is just on a different level in playoffs, right? And he, that Giannis is unstoppable. Right, so I th- I think so they'll need to produce a lot of a lot more offensive, but um, and this is something that I was not predicting it to happen. I thought I thought that uh, Milwaukee would have them in, in themselves without Giannis. They also they can probably stomp over Heat, but Heat has been un- unexpected. I mean this is 
expected from Heat, but this from me personally, it has been unexpectedly Heat has been unexpectedly good, and I think so that that's what's happening in this game. I think this is just what happened in game one, right? We saw Giannis go down, and suddenly, you know, he, uh, Jimmy Butler hitting every mid-range shot, Max Strus hitting those yeah, three. Yeah. Tyler Hero was great before he broke his hand at the same point, right? Oh, and, and it's exactly what happened in this game too. You had Jimmy Butler with six, with thirty uh-huh. points. He was assisting. He was going for it. He was going for everything. You had that one dunking Robinson game that you have in every playoff series with the Heat. You have that one dunking Robinson game. He's going for five for six from three. He's not as bad on defense. And obviously, when you don't have to worry about Giannis and bending a wall against Giannis, you have a lot more. Uh, you you are a lot more chilling on defense, right? And I saw this game and I was like, you know, why is Chris Middleton all this effect, with all his efficiency? Why is he not getting more shots? Why is Brooke Lopez throwing a dart? He did not take advantage of Kevin Love. Even Bam was, even though Bam was really nonchalant in this game, I think Milwaukee Bucks were open to losing this game. It was an away game. They did not have Giannis and they did not have the fire. I think after the first five minutes when that heat. Uh, he went on that eight two run. The game seemed to be over by then for them at all. Yeah, I think uh, they took the lead in the second quarter and just never looked back. And it just they pulled the game wide open in that third and that fourth. They just started hammering them down the line. And at that point, Jimmy was out of the game and they were still killing them. Duncan's had late game even threes. Uh, like you said, I think. Everyone contributed, but Jimmy set the tone early in the game there, and uh, Miami never looked back. Um, with Bam contributing, they had like four or five players in double digits. Kyle Lowry had a good game. Uh, even Love was having a really good floor game. So I think Miami was playing good. But like you said, uh, Duncan had a good game. Do you think this is a cause for concern for Milwaukee going ahead? Uh, a confident Duncan. Um, there's another shooter, like, they lost Tyler, but they might have a replacement in Duncan. I mean, he's obviously not the shot creator that Tyler is, but if they can run him off screens, uh, because Duncan hadn't played in a while, and now he's he's confident with a 20-point game under his belt. You know, this is exactly what makes makes a a big thing for Milwaukee Bucks. Now the whole team is contributing, right? Unlike 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 what was happening before, that like the whole team is contributing, whole team is up to it, whole team has shows the grit. Uh, and uh, Duncan Robinson yes, would be a dangerous man for Milwaukee. I think. And just to add to that, do you think uh, Angad? Do you think it is a must-win the next game because oh, uh, sure. the Bucks don't want to go down oh, one? Sure. So do you think that Giannis has to play even if he's like slightly injured, if he's not a hundred percent? Do you think Giannis comes back? Yeah, for sure. I think Giannis has to come back for this game. I think they were, you know, game two was more of a nonchalant Milwaukee Bucks game, but at the same point time, they managed to win that game, right? And that put the confidence in their head that, all right, uh, we can get away with Giannis not playing another game, and that's where they made that mistake. I think if you look at the game logs, Jerry Butler just playing 30 minutes, and you know, Euronis Haslam getting minutes in his 50th season in the NBA, right? Yeah, exactly. Like by the end, it was really wide open, and everyone was just chilling like, in just Miami. Gar- garbage time, right? So you know, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, all of these players are going to be fresh for the next game. 
you know how competitive Jimmy is. He's always going for it. You have you have that two years ago in that bubble run where Jimmy completely second coming of Jordan. Exactly, he mishandled everyone. I mean, Giannis wasn't even the best player on the Bucks uh, then. I think when uh, Chris Middleton was just far superior to him, I think building the wall really worked. I think Miami has that kind of a team where you can build the wall. They have strong lengthy wings. We have Bam, we have Jimmy, even, you know, Kevin. Yeah, um, I think guarding. they feed off of their defense as well. Like, their offense feeds off of their defense. And uh, another point I would like to bring up is that they held the Bucks again below 100 and, and they won again. So, uh, which has been a key for them uh, that whenever they hold their opponents below 100 points, uh, I, I don't remember the exact graphic, but uh, that's a really good start for them. Uh, and they are generally good when their defense is clicking. So, um, this might be cause for concern in Milwaukee, I think. Um, I think the Bucks have to take them seriously at this point. And if Giannis does not come back, I don't think uh, the Bucks have enough offense. For sure. But another unfortunate uh, issue was another injury in the series. This this series was already been plagued with like massive injuries to big stars, and now Oladipo uh, getting injured in garbage Not time on a non-contact play. And like I I feel really sad for him since like he's such a good guy and he 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 plays so hard and he tries to compete so well. But like obviously that big injury in uh in Indy and then trying to make his way back up with with the heat and he gets injured again he was and he was having such a good game before he got injured like it wasn't all that stat stuff but he was having a really nice um overall game his last pre-injury season he was not only he was a all-star but he was second team all nba and he was second team all defense so it really puts him to show what kind of a player he was and that injury really screwed him up you know he uh, declined that extension from Pacers. He was getting 110 mil for four years. And then he bet on himself to go to the Heat. Played on a uh, wet minimum 2 million contract. They took a mid-level 5.76 million extension this season. And he's just not looked uh, the same since. You know, we have players like Joe Ingles playing on the Bucks. He had he had most of the career-ending injury with uh, Utah. But he came back and he looked... I mean, he's not looked to... A prime Joe Ingles, but he is making his waves. He's getting those 10 points. He's playmaking a bit. So, I'm hoping the same for Victor Oladipo. I know that he is never going to be, probably never going to be on that stature again where he was when he left Indy, but maybe somewhat be a better player than Kyle Lowry, take his place out of that uh, six-man role and probably uh, uh, ripple up here to more than what the seventh seed was because this season was really disappointing for them. The playoffs have been nice, but this season has been disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like for I think uh, Oladipo brings a different uh, thing to Miami than Kyle Lowry. Lowry is more so the playmaker and like uh, the offense kind of the guard, right? And o- Oladipo brings a defense, uh, a defensive approach to Miami. And I think he he focuses more so like that, like the way Russell is playing right yeah, now for the Clippers. Sure. He's he's more focusing on the defense. The steals, the deflections—it's it's the guarding that he was doing, which which might have been handy in this series. And if they possibly make it past this series, then the next series. But that looks like a serious injury, and I think Oladipo is out for this season. For sure. Um, what is going to be the series prediction for you guys? 
So I think I think this series goes goes to at least six games. Uh, possibly I think I think it goes seven with the way that Miami is playing. Uh, I think uh, Giannis being injured, he might not be a hundred percent, but he might play try to play through it because we know he's he's tough and he's he's done that before. So I think he comes back. But I think he's not 100%, and Miami just might take the next game. And even if they don't, all the pressure is on is on um, the Bucks to win. According to so me, I think so. Think? It's 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 Bucks in seven. I mean, Miami have been have been looking pretty. They are not giving away games easily. And uh, uh, if 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 to be very honest, Milwaukee hasn't looked its best. Looked at looked his best uh, this particular series, right? And having uh, Giannis injured, I think so. Giannis coming back will make things a lot better for them but I think so it will be uh, very 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 tough for them to get their game through again if Giannis comes back and gets injured again that's a very big uh, that's a bigger problem for the Milwaukee Bucks and I think so that would play into pushing a game 7 but I think so Milwaukee should be comfortable not comfortable but should get the game in 7 Um, I don't want to be the one who's getting all the spicy takes but I think the I think Miami Heat is fooling you guys I think both the games that they've won without Giannis, obviously, but they've been shooting lights out from three. I don't think you get another Duncan Robinson, Kenneth Martin, Max Truth game all together. Um, uh, uh, 60% three-point game from all three of them. I think Kyle, Kyle Lowry is gassed. He is not as fit as he used to be when he won that 2019 game. Oh, for, for sure. sure. For sure. And yeah. I, think, I think it's going to be a six-game series for the Bucks. But uh, transitioning from... Bucks, uh, we we have four really important games tonight. One of them, not so much, but three other games. We have the Knicks versus Cavaliers. We have the Warriors versus Kings, who we have a resident Warrior fan here. We have the Timberwolves. <laughs> we have the Timberwolves versus Nuggets. And we have another game, which I cannot for the life of me remember, but give me a second. I'll the Boston versus Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Celtics versus Atlanta. So, guys, oh, that's a spicy one. What do you think is going to be the most interesting game tonight? Oh, for me, the the Warriors Kings for sure. Like I have that bias, but um, I think, like you said, three out of the four games are really to look out for. Obviously, the Timberwolves games is nothing to watch for. I think they don't have the fight in them, and I know, I, like like the Nets, I think they'll fold, and they're not really uh, a playoff team, so. I think they're not going to even put up a fight. Wow. Uh, but other than that, I think Atlanta, uh, they won one game. Uh, yes. DJ shot out. Yeah. But I think the Celtics take the series in five. Oh. I, I don't really see them winning another one as well. But uh, yeah, uh, for me, for sure. Kings versus Warriors would be the big game. What would be your predictions for the game, Arudraj? Let's take predictions for the four games and then let's come back tomorrow and see whether we were right or what happened. Okay, I think uh, Celtics take the right. game. Okay. And uh, bring out the brooms, gentlemen. It's a sweep for the Timberwolves. Wow. Uh, even it up with 2-2 going back to Sacramento. And what was the Even okay, was Oh, Cavs. I think Cavs even up the series 2-2. All okay. right. What do you think, Anwar? It's good. It's going to be interesting game for sure because uh, Cavs and Knicks has been a bloodbath, man. And it's at Knicks' home ground. We know how Madison Square Garden is on a playoff night. Oh, yeah. uh, you remember that Hawks series that 